We're in the series, Real Life, uh, in a real world, and we are looking at the Psalms. I remember growing up and reading the Psalms, and I was a teenager, it was totally confusing, meant nothing to me, but as I've grown up, I've realized there's an incredible wealth, uh, spiritual resources, and when it comes to the Psalms, and this last year or two, it's even become more ma- meaningful. Uh, the Psalms are like a, a deep well that we can draw on, and certainly we need that uh, in this day and age. There have been generations and generations of Christians that have found spiritual sustenance and encouragement in the, in the Psalms. And this morning we're going to be looking uh, at uh, face-to-face uh, with discouragement. The focus fix up the picture at the back. Uh, it's a bit small. Thank you very much. Um, but we're going to be looking at face-to-face uh, with discouragement. Let's buy in prayer and... Uh, let's just ask the Lord to speak uh, into our lives. Father, just thank you that we can come this morning and uh, just to be fed spiritually from your word. Father, we thank you that um, your word is truth. And Lord, this morning my prayer is that your spirit would speak into our hearts, into our minds. Lord, that you would uh, just feed us spiritually as we come to look at Psalm 5. Father, we thank you for David's experience. And Lord, we know that his experience is our experience. Lord, as we face discouragement, uh, we think of the last two years and all the trials and, 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 and temptations and, and issues we've had to deal with. And, and Father God, we just want to pray that you would really speak into the lives of our people. Father, we thank you that your light has shone into our lives. And Father, as we uh, uh, shared earlier on, Lord, that we sang a song that your, your life has become part of our lives. And Father, we thank you for the cross that we can celebrate uh, after the sermon and just be reminded that you have overcome death, you've overcome sin, you've overcome all the issues of our life. And Lord, that we need to draw sustenance from you. So Father, we pray that you would minister to us. We pray this all in your precious name. Amen. 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 Um, Songs are usually born out of experience. If you think of the blues, uh, if you think of uh, different uh, hymns and so on, a lot of them come out of of, of people's experiences. Uh, You think of the jazz. Are there any jazz and blues fans here? There are a few. Uh, Many of those songs have come out of life experience. Uh, I was uh, recently reading about Joseph Scriven. Um, He graduated. He he came from a wealthy family. Uh, He went to Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, He was able to study. And when he finished his bachelor's degree, life really looked good for him. Uh, He was going to make a success of his life. And he had great prospects as he looked ahead in his life. Well, he, he fell in love with a young lady like most of us guys do. And uh, the day before uh, their wedding, they were traveling by horseback. Uh, uh, um, uh, and, and while crossing a bridge over the river Ban, uh, his fiance fell off her horse and she drowned. Joseph, you can imagine this, I was just thinking about this. Joseph stood on the other side of the bridge of the river looking helplessly on as his, his fiancée, his wife-to-be, uh, drowned. He fell in love again some years later and uh, to a lady by the name of Elisa Rocher. And again, tragically, uh, just before they were to be married, uh, she died of pneumonia. And out of that experience, uh, he wrote a very well-known hymn, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit, 
Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Now, songs often come out of of our experiences. And certainly as we look at uh, Psalm 5, this is no uh, exception. It emerges out of the life experience, the the oppression, the the atmosphere of strife in in David's life. And and commentators uh, tell us that... This psalm was probably uh, around the time when, written by, at a time when Absalom, if you remember Absalom, was David's son. He usurped the throne. And uh, remember that David was called by God uh, to be the king of Israel. And his very own son rebels and was attempting to take his life. Just imagine that. How discouraging when your very own family turns uh, against you. Verse 10 gives us a, a bit of insight as we look at the psalm. The, the NIV says, let their intrigues, or the CSV says, their schemes be their downfall. At this point in, in, in David's life, there's a, a lot of deception going on uh, in, his, in his own house. Um, and he carries on and he says, for, for they have rebelled against you, God. So his son Absalom wasn't just rebelling against David, but against God, because David had been appointed as as king. And whatever the the situation might be, we we find that David is is down in the dumps. He's really feeling discouraged, and I would be too if I was in his position. Um, And I doubt if there's any more timely subject right now than this issue of uh, of people feeling discouraged. Uh, on, on Friday, we had uh, Christie's matric uh, valedictory. Uh, she's now going to be writing exams the next few weeks, her finals. And a number of students, they share and they thank folk. But one of the themes that came through as, as people shared was, was the hard times and the discouragement that, that people, that the students had, had gone through these past two, two years. They'd lost some of their student experience. A lot of things that they usually do, they couldn't. Um, at the assembly uh, this year, and I was taking the minutes. If I look tired, it's because I haven't had a lot of sleep this last week. Um, and 64 pastors and pastors' wives and, and key lay leaders passed away. It is unprecedented that so many folk have passed away, and, and many of them because of, of COVID. Certainly, it's, it's been a year of, of discouragement. David had, had experienced back-to-back to back, uh, criticism, and you can just imagine how that re- really wears down uh, his life and his, his emotions. Um, he was picking himself off the floor when another sharp-worded comment had knocked him back down onto his knees. Certainly, we, we all face discouragement. We're going to turn to Psalm 5 in your Bibles. It starts off, To the choir master, for the flutes, a psalm of David. Now, if you have a King James, it probably says uh, the Neoloth. And this was a, an ancient woodwind uh, instrument associated that, that today with um, our, our flute. And many of the psalms uh, feature this instrument. Um, I think of the oboe. It's a, it's a sad-sounding uh, double reed instrument fit for the occasion. Interestingly, David never played the, the neoloth or the, or the, or the flute. Uh, we know he played the harp, um, but he certainly gave the words uh, for this instrument. Psalm 5 and verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. 
consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I plead my case and and watch expectantly. For you're not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. For there is no truth in their mouth. The innermost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Now, as we look at the psalm, at the structure, we, we see three parts, and it's, it's good just to have the big picture. We, we see David's prayer. He's, he's pleading with God. Second, we, we see a, a, a portrait. David sketches uh, three pictures for us. In verses 4 to 6, he, he tells us what, what God is like. Then he, he, he uh, tells us what we see what the, the, the psalmist David is like in verses 7 to 8. And then we see what uh, his enemies are like, a prayer portrait. And the last part, the last two verses of the psalm in verses 11 and 12, we, we see David's or a promise in this passage. And we want to start and, and look at David's prayer. Um, uh, the first thing we see as we look at this amazing prayer um, is the priority of David's prayer. It's a, it's a morning prayer. There's a whole category in the Psalms of, of morning prayers. David met with God first thing in his day. How many of you meet with God in the morning? Hopefully most of you, hopefully all of you. But, but God, his, his priority, the, the first thing he, he did in his day was to, to meet with God. And as he deals with this, this discouragement, what happens is going to flow out of his relationship with God. David's prayer is rooted in his relationship with God, in his walk with God. And I want you to write down three words, the important words, as I looked in this passage. Well, you please give me my water, thank you. Um, there's three words I want to give you in this place in your notes, if you've got notes. It's, it's faithful, orderly, and systematic. Faithful, thank you, Marlene. Faithful, orderly, and systematic. One translation says, it says there, David prays, I will direct my case toward you. Now, 
it's a very interesting, that word direct is a really interesting word. Uh, when I prepare, I like to sort of delve into all these meanings. There's, there's such richness, richness in the Psalms. Um, that word was used when the, the, the priest came and, and carefully arranged the, the offering on the altar. Or when he, when he organized the wood, he built up the, the fire on the altar. Uh, he carefully did that. Uh, that word is used when they used to set out the showbread uh, in the tabernacle, carefully placing it uh, in its place. Um, it was also used when arranging a... a, a, a am I gone off? Can I get a mic? Let me find a mic here. Here we go. Am I back on? Okay, thank you. Um, it was... Uh, used when a person carefully arranged a supper table. Uh, when you have guests coming, you put out your, your best plates and cutlery and crockery and that fancy tablecloth. Uh, that was the word used of carefully putting it out. Uh, it was also used of a soldier presenting himself to the officer commanding. And the point is this, is that David wasn't careless uh, um, in his walk with God. He came prepared into the presence of God. Now, of course, we're always in the presence of God, but we have that special time when we meet with God. And C.H. Spurgeon, I found this little quote, is always so colorful in what he says, and he says the following. Prayer without fervency is like hunting with a dead dog. I enjoyed that. Prayer without preparation is like hawking with a, a blind falcon. Of course, you know that's ridiculous. Uh, we need to come prepared as we come into the, the presence of God. And, and, and David does that as a priority for him as he, he meets with God. But then as we look at this prayer, we, we see David's desperation. David is becoming increasingly discouraged and i'm sure we go through those times when our, our circumstances and our, our lives are, are are just seeming to be going downhill and 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 we find david is becoming more and more discouraged as his situation uh, gets worse verse one give he prays give ear to my words consider my groaning give attention to to the, to the sound of of my cry David is, is literally, and he, he's being real, he, he's pleading with God. Just as last week, um, uh, I was contacted by a friend of mine. He was one of my colleagues in the very first church I served, a staff member, and he's, he's had cancer for a while. He's now stage four, and he said to me, Paul, there's absolutely nothing I can do. He doesn't know how long he's going to live, but he's coming to the end of his life. It was absolutely uh, tragic to hear that. And how sad when we, we hear these stories of, of our family or friends or colleagues who, who are facing totally discouraging times. David was a, a broken man at this point. And he, he knew that God understood his sighs and, and his groans. Maybe just at this point, the, the Spirit has a word for us. Mark, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14 to 16 Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to, to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. 
Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And the Greek actually means, it speaks about well-timed help. God is never early, but friends, he's, he's never late. I don't challenge you, maybe that's a word from the Lord for you, is to, is to, to go to that, that throne of grace and to, and to seek God. And if you need to groan like, like David do, did, then do that. We see the priority of David, we, we see the, the desperation, and, and then we see this anticipation as, as, as David prays. Verse 3. If one thing we see in his prayer is that David anticipated God's answer. David anticipated God's intervention, that, that God would work in, in his own way. And David anticipated God's blessing. The CSV says, I will plead my case and watch expectantly. The King James, is, it, it renders, O oh Lord, in the morning I will direct my prayer to you or to, or to thee, and I will look Literally, I will order, and this is a very interesting word, I will order my prayer to you, and I will eagerly watch. Now, I find that word order very interesting. Uh, in fact, I had to wrestle with this word because I'm a good Baptist. When you're a Baptist, you, you sometimes encounter problems when you're studying the Scripture. And this is one of them. Uh, when you go to the restaurant, uh, you get a menu and you go through the menu and you eventually place an order. And th that's actually the spirit or the meaning of this verse. Uh, without sounding bossy or cheeky, um, I'm not a name it and claim it sort of person. Uh, I think you know that by now. Um, but the point is that David is choosing something that the Lord has offered him. David's morning time with the Lord was to, to place his order from the Lord's menu of blessings. That's what the Hebrew actually says. Then he says, I will eagerly watch. You see, David refused to be locked into his, his uh, discouragement. He prays specifically, and, and how often when we pray, our, our, pray, our prayers are, 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 are vague. We say, Lord, bless me, or, or Lord, intervene. But we see that David prays specific prayers. God invites us to pray with bold expectation when we ask for what he has promised or anticipate for what we know is God's will. Let me say it again, it's so important. God invites us to pray with bold expectation when we ask for what is promised or what we anticipate or know is his will. After David prayed, he expected God to fill his order, said in respect. And he looked forward in eager anticipation. He expected a blessing from God. Now, it's very significant that throughout Scripture, spiritual turning points come in the morning. I don't know if you've picked that up. 
but often we read about that. Psalm 30 and verse 5, for his anger only lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. Weeping may stay in the night, but the rejoicing comes in the morning. Isn't that glorious? Psalm 88 verse 13, but I cry for, for, uh, to you for help, Lord, in the morning. My prayer comes before you. It's important to pray and seek God the first thing you do in the day. Lamentations 3, 21 to 23. Yet I call this to mind and, and therefore I have hope. Because of the loving devotion of the Lord, we are not consumed. For his mercies, they never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Then we find Jesus praying in Mark 1.35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place. And there he prayed. There we see the priority of Jesus. And I always say to myself, if, if Jesus needed to pray, then I think all of us need to pray as well. David presented himself to the Lord in exercise, in order to exercise authority, friends, we, we need to be under the authority of God. And we do that when we seek his face in prayer. Spiritual turning points come in the morning, in the new day. Spiritual breakthroughs come in the new day. And we can say amen to that. What is discouraging you at the moment? Like David, do you pray with confident expectation? Do you, do you place your, your order with God, not to name it and claim it, but because he, he has said certain things, he, he's made certain promises in his word, do you place your order? Or friend, are you, are you perhaps battling to pray? Are you struggling to have that confident expectation? I want to say to you this morning that this psalm, when, you, when you're feeling discouraged, invites you to come back to God. Firstly, David's prayer. Second point, we, we have David's portraits, his pictures uh, that David paints in the psalms. He, he focuses on God. He, he focuses on himself. And then he focuses on his enemies. In verse 4 to 6, we, we see firstly that, that David takes a look at God. God does not delight in wickedness. Evil will not, it cannot exist in God. The boastful cannot stand in God's sight. God hates those who, who do evil. He destroys those who, who tell lies. He detests those who are, who are violent. Now I must say to you, yesterday morning, I, I, in fact Friday I was adventurous, um, I bought a, a, a new type of yogurt I've never had before. It, it was coconut flavor. I don't know if any of you have eaten coconut yogurt. Um, well, I could stomach it. And uh, Timothy was sitting down for breakfast. We don't usually have yogurt. Sometimes we do. And I said to Timothy, um, where's Timothy? He's getting very worried there. Uh, I said, why don't you just try a little bit of this coconut yogurt? 
Well, uh, all I can tell you is that Timothy ran to the bathroom. And I won't tell you what happened next. Okay. God detests those who are violent. He detests those who are deceitful. And it's far worse than a, a taste of yogurt in one's mouth. Why does David begin to describe the, the characteristics of, of God? You know, when we are down in the dumps, it's, it's so important to, to remember what, what God is like. When we're questioning life and we're questioning God, we, we need to be uh, 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 reminded of the attributes of God. He's always good. God is always right. His love never fails. His timing is perfect. I was reflecting about that when I was preparing a sermon. Our, our kids, uh, Timothy's studying and, and Chris is going to studying and, and just thinking about the timing of God and, and working everything out. And, and sometimes we, we're in that space and we need to be reminded that, that God has a plan and a purpose in, in, in our lives. We might feel uh, frustrated and discouraged. We need to be remember that, that God is for us and not against us. We need to be reminded that our enemies, if they are evil, are God's enemies. Remember Absalom, he was not just rebelling against David, but he was rebelling against what, what God had ordained. And after reviewing the attributes, the characteristics, what God is like, David then moves on in, in verse 7 and, and he then looks from God to himself. He, he begins to examine himself. Verse 7. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down towards your holy temple in fear of you. Now we see a, a, a contrast here. But me or but as for me. I will enter your house. I will bow down in your temple. Now remember at this point that the temple in Jerusalem was not built. So it can't be referring to that. David is speaking about his, his intimate relationship with God. Remember the New Testament theology. Our bodies are the temple of God's spirit. And David is speaking about this relationship he has with God. And friends, at this point we, we need to be reminded that... Christ died for you, that you may be, may stand in the presence of God. And so we find David, he's walking with God in the, in the midst of this crisis that he's going through. And, and David in verse 80, he makes a request, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. You know, when we discourage, when we under pressure, we, we do really stupid things. Have you been there, anybody? I think all of us should put our hands up. You know, when our, when our back's against the wall, we're between a rock and a, and a hard place, we, we start doing stupid things. And that's why the safety pastors don't resign on, on a Monday. Because on Tuesday, you might feel differently. And David is praying that, that God would, would lead him through this time of, of discouragement. Causing him to do things God's way. Now, usually when our back's against the wall, we, we really do dumb things and we, we don't see God's face and, and later we regret what we've done. 
And David is asking God to take him through this time of discouraging, keeping him from, from doing really dumb things. You see, he wanted to follow God's righteous way first and, 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 and foremost. Not too many years later, God's mouthpiece, Isaiah, Isaiah 55 and verse 18 and 9, would, would bring this message to, to God's people. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declared the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Friends, we, we need to seek the face of God and, and not do stupid things, but, but pray, God, show me your, your righteous way when I'm, I'm going through this time of discouragement. You know, when we're feeling down, we, we naturally seek, we, we ask God to do things for us. But what if we ask for an opportunity to, to do something on behalf of God? How our perspective would change if, if we see ourselves as agents acting on, on God's behalf, carrying out His desire and, and His will. Friends, when have you last asked God for, for an opportunity to do something for Him? David takes a look. He, he meditates on God. Then he takes a look at his own life. And, and then he takes a, a look at his enemies, verses 9 and 10. You know, there are some things that discourage us that, that are beyond our control. I think of the COVID pandemic. I, I think of natural disasters, of, of economic downturns. There's probably nothing we can do about that except get the vaccination. But besides that, we, we can't do much more. But sometimes we are, are discouraged because our enemies cause us harm and they refuse to stop. At this point, David realizes that his discouragement could, could lead him to resentment and, and bitterness and, and, and hatred and, and even retaliation. And David does not want to become like his enemies. And so he reflects on the actions of his enemies in verse 9 and 10. There is nothing reliable in what they say. Destruction will come from within them. Their throats are, are open graves. They flatter others with their tongues. And David says in verse 10, Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels because of the abundance of their, their sins and transgressions. Cast them out. For they have rebelled against you. You see, in David's mind, his enemies are in, uh, he hands over his enemies to, to God. And friends, this is, a, this is a really important spiritual principle. Remember Romans chapter 12 and verse 17 to 19. A, a really, really important principle that, that God gives us in his word. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. 
I will repay, says the Lord. David placed his enemies in, in David's hands and he refused to retaliate. And so we see David's prayer, we see David's portrait. He takes a look at God, he takes a look at himself, he, he takes a look at his enemies. He, he doesn't want to become like them. And then the last thing we see in the psalm, the last two verses, 11 and 12, we see David's promises. Here we see the promises that, that David clings to in, in, in his relationship with God. And David closes the song, the psalm, with, with his eyes turned toward the Lord and away from the, the sources of his discouragement. Verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them. That those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover them with favor as with a shield. Here we find David is resting in the promises of God. The joy of the Lord. Nehemiah. There we go. There we go. Okay. The joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10. If you remember the context, uh, 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 Ezra is teaching the people the, the law of God. And then he says to the people, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, that verse can be quoted totally out of context. What you're saying to the people is that that they've been taught the covenant, the law of God. Is that right? There we go. And they've been taught the law of God. And as they reflected on what Ezra was saying and, and preaching and teaching, they realized that they fell far short of, of God's standards. They'd messed up and when they were discouraged, they, they made mistakes. But you know what they realized as, as Ezra taught was that God is love. God's grace, his, his mercy covers our mistakes and our sins and our failings. And because of that, you know what? We can have joy. How often do we mess up? We don't do things God's way. But friends, God is love. We need to be reminded of that. God is grace. God is, is merciful. And you know what? He, his grace covers a, a multitude of sins. We may blow it, but we have a God who forgives. And because of that, we can have joy. The joy of the Lord. David speaks about the, the protection of the Lord, the, the blessings of, of answered prayer, and the favor, I like this one, the, the favor of God. Isn't that glorious? The favor of God in, in, in our lives. Job said in Job chapter 13 verse 13, uh, 15. Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. The apostle Paul in, in 2 Timothy 1.12. I know who I have believed. Friends, Christians, do you really know who you believe in? And then Isaiah, one of my favorite verses, chapter 40, verse 29 to, to 31. 
He gives power to the faint and increases the strength of the weak. Even though youths go tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who, who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. I want to close the story of a man who wasn't, wouldn't allow himself to be uh, allowed discouragement to get the better of him. In 1816, his family was forced out of their home, yet he worked to support them. In 1818, his mother passed away. In 1831, he failed in business. In 1832, he, he ran for state legislator in, in the United States and he, he lost. In the same year, he also lost his job. He, he wanted to go to law school, but he, he couldn't get in. In 1833, he borrowed money from a friend to, to begin a business. And by the end of the year, he was bankrupt. And he spent the, last, the next 17 years of his life to, to pay off that debt. In 1834, he, he ran for state legislator, and, and this time he, he won. In 1835, he was engaged to be married. His sweetheart died, and his heart was broken. In 1836, he had a, a total nervous breakdown and was in bed for six months. In 1838, he, he sought to become the speaker of the state legislator, and he was defeated. In 1840, he, he sought to become the elector, but was defeated again. In, 1830, in 1843, he ran for Congress, and he lost. In 1846, he, he ran for Congress again. This time he won, and he, he went to Washington, and he did a great job. In 1848, he, he ran for Congress again, and he lost. Does it sound still on? Okay. In 1849, he sought the job. In 1853, he ran for Senate of the United States, and he lost. In 1856, he sought the vice presidential nomination of his party's national convention, and he got less than 100 votes. In 1858, he ran for the Senate again, and he lost. In 1860, he was elected as the President of the United States. Who knows who he is? Abraham Lincoln, well done. We've got some historians in our midst. He said after following, uh, losing uh, the, the Senate race, he said the following. The path was worn and slippery. My foot slipped from under me. Knocking the other from out of the way. But I recovered and I said to myself, It is a slip and not a fall. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the life experience of David. Father, we thank you for this man of God who sought you, Lord, and how you helped him to 
overcome that discouragement in, our life, in his life. Bow before you that there are, are so many of us who've, who face discouragement day in and day out. Lord, that discouragement has, has worn us down. And Father, we thank you for the truth we find in, in Psalm 5. Lord, guide us to pray with expectation. Lord, help us to reflect on who you are. Lord, you're a, a God who's good. Lord, help us to see clearly where we, we are with you. Father, we just pray that you would really help us to, to see things for what they are. Father, we just pray that you would even help us to see our situations, our enemies for what they are. And Lord, not to become like that. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful scriptures, uh, the, the promises we find in your word. Oh God, help us to cling fast to them. Lord, we thank you that you lift us out of the miry clay. And Lord, you set our feet upon a rock. And Father, we thank you that we can now celebrate communion, the Lord's Supper, to be reminded that you have one who, who loved us so much that you died for us to give us life. Lord, we pray that you'd also help us to look beyond our, our temporal circumstances. Lord, to eternal truth that one day we will be with you in heaven. And Father, that we'd be able to worship you in all freedom and joy. And so Father, I pray for every person here this morning that perhaps is really feeling down and discouraged. Oh God, I pray that your spirit would counsel them. Lord, that you would lift them up and help them to see you. Friends, perhaps as we bow before the Lord, won't you just bring your discouragement to him? Won't you say, Lord, my, my situation is, is really getting me down. Oh God, guide me to do what is right. Lord, help me to see the, the right way forward. Father, to make the, the right choices. Lift me up. Won't you pray that this morning? Father, we thank you that your truth is life. Lord, help us to cling onto your word and onto you. We pray this all in your precious name.